Jeremiah 29, 12. In those days when I pray, when you pray, I will listen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, if you are uh, one of our kids, you can be dismissed at this time, and we are glad that you're here for uh, church today. The rest of you, welcome. Welcome to the 9 a.m. service at Community. Uh, we are glad that you had, you had a lot of choices to what to do today, and we're glad that you are here and uh, giving your time to God. I, just last week, I was right over here in one of our services, and I was talking to the Hoyt family, and uh, Bill piped up, and he said, this is the greatest thing ever, and he kind of pumped his fist, and I realized that he was uh, pointing, he was meaning his uh, little wristband, uh, our Pray First wristbands. We had a uh, series at the very beginning of the year just called Pray First, and we gave everybody wristbands, and I think we have some more of those coming if you didn't get one, so we'd love to have you get one of those. But he pointed to that, and, and I realized, oh, he's talking about the wristbands. This is the greatest thing ever, and this is what he said, because when I pray first, I don't want to kill people that day. And I was sharing that with our, with our staff, and Joel came up with what we believe should be our new tagline as a church. Here it is, Community Christian Church, preventing homicide one prayer at a time. And so get your wristband and don't kill people, right? Um, we're in a VBS series, and the series is called Focus. And we're just taking a look at the same things that our kids are going to take a look at each of the days of VBS, and we're spending time on the Saturday or the Sundays before talking about uh, the same topics that our kids will talk about. So we talked about at the first uh, look and see what God has made. We talked about creation. Then we looked at, at how Jesus teaches us, and we looked at the wise and the foolish builders. Uh, last week, we looked at what Jesus does for us, and specifically justification and salvation. And next week, the, our last week, we will look at ways that we get to love people like Jesus loves us. And today um, is this reminder, it's an invitation to pray first. It's, it's, we're pointing back to how we started the year uh, with prayer. And the VBS day, that day, is look at how we can talk to God anytime anywhere, about anything. And so, uh, that verse that we just read, Jeremiah 29, 12, says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. And so, in Scripture, we get this idea over and over again, not just from that verse, but from a lot of others, that there are no limits put on our prayer. And so, let's point to each one of those those words that we used in, in that statement and that our VBS kids will learn about, that we can pray anytime, anywhere, about anything. First, we can pray anytime. Prayer is not like one of those uh, emergency boxes that you see hanging on the walls uh, in buildings or, or on a corner somewhere. Uh, they, they're marked use only in emergencies, and uh, supposedly you're supposed to pull down on the box, you know, and it rings the fire, fire department or whatever. Uh, just, a, just a quick survey here. Has anybody ever seen one of those pulled 
I have like one hand over here, a couple hands over here. Uh, I just, I'm going back through my life and I'm like, I don't think I've ever witnessed one of those things being used. I mean, I'm sure that they're great, uh, but prayer is not like one of those little boxes. Should we pray when emergencies come? Absolutely. But if prayer is reserved only for emergencies, if that's the only time that we pull that little lever when it comes to God, then we will never develop a relationship. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is about developing a relationship with this God of ours. If you had a friend who only spoke to you when they were in trouble or they were in dire need of something, and that's the only time you had interaction, they're coming to you and they're just wanting something, they need something, and that's the only interaction that you had with them, that wouldn't be a friendship for very long, would it? And, and just like that, can we really have a relationship with God if we only talk to Him when we're in trouble? Answer, no, not likely, right? But here's the good news. We are not limited to an emergency when it comes to engaging God. We can pray any time, and that's an astounding thing to think about, because everybody in this life has appointments. Everyone requires an appointment. I was uh, with one of my good friends here uh, just a day or two ago, and he invited me this next week. Hey, do you have a day this next week on Friday? Do you have it available? Let's go fishing. And it's one of those opportunities that I've been fishing with him once and I really want to go again. I didn't even have to think about it. Yes, I want to go. There was absolutely nothing holding me back from wanting to go. And so I said, yes, I want to go. But then I was like, ah, oh, but I probably need to check the calendar. I'm not really sure what's happening next week. And let me, let me check, see if Friday's available, and, and I'll get back to you. Everybody has appointments, right? It's hard to find somebody in our lives that is fully available. Do you want to do this? Do you want to go there? Well, yes, but mm, uh, let me check, right? Not God. God is not that way. He's available to hear you any time, morning, noon, night, it does not matter. He is always available. You don't have to make an appointment with God. Psalm 55 says this, but I call to God and the Lord will save me evening and morning and noon. I utter my complaint, I moan, and He hears my voice. Get that. He's willing to entertain even a complaint whenever you want to register one. He's willing to hear you whine. Even if I took an appointment, I'm not sure that I want to hear you whine. No one else is like that. Not even your mom. <laughs> She'll just smack you right off, right? God will at least listen before He smacks you around. We can pray any time. Ephesians chapter 6 says this, pray in the Spirit. What's the word? At all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Uh, there's a great example of being able to pray any time found in the life of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is exiled from Jerusalem. He's living in a foreign country under, underneath the reign of a foreign king, and he actually works in the king's palace. He hears about the destruction 
of the walls of Jerusalem back home, and he begins to pray. He begins to pray for several months, actually. And finally, he finds himself in front of King Artaxerxes, and the king can tell that he's super sad. He, they had enough interaction that it, he, the king could tell that it wasn't like Nehemiah to be this way. And the, cat, the king asks Nehemiah, hey, is something, is something wrong? Is something troubling your heart? And in Nehemiah chapter 2, Nehemiah replies this way. He said, I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should my, not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? And then the next verse, the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. Now, did you catch it? Of course you caught it because I have it highlighted up there. Did you see that little phrase right in the middle? Nehemiah, before he answers the king's question, he takes time to pray to the God of heaven. It's just a short, maybe probably in silence, prayer. And it maybe went something like this. God, would you please move the heart of the king so that I can rebuild the walls of Jerusalem? And then he answers the king out loud and makes his request. Well, if it pleases the king and your servant has found favor in your sight, let me go back to Jerusalem. Let me build the walls there. What did Nehemiah do? He, he prayed first. He prayed first. And prayer is not only for given times. Prayer can happen anytime, day or night. Prayer can even happen in a moment where you least expect to have the king's attention. And so let's add to that, not only that we can pray anytime, but that we can pray anywhere. We're, we're not limited to a set place for prayer. If we're talking about the ideal place to pray, what do you think that that would look like? Uh, most of us agree, would agree probably that the ideal place to pray would probably look something like the ideal place to write or something like that if you're a writer. Maybe it's a mountain cabin and it's next to water and a forest and maybe there's a river running by or something like that. Uh, that's the ideal place to write, right? Here's the problem. If writers waited for the perfect writing cabin to come along, then they wouldn't write. They would never write, right? They wouldn't ever finish writing. All you need to write is a pen and a paper. You don't need a place. And prayer is like that. Is it good to have a designated spot for prayer? Absolutely. Maybe it's a spot in your house. Maybe it's your backyard. Maybe it's on your, on your deck. Maybe it's your porch. Maybe it's out in nature. Maybe you do have a cabin or maybe there's a path in the woods that you like to walk. Those places are great, but sometimes you can't create those idyllic places. And when you can't, remember this, prayer is meant to happen everywhere, anywhere, and I mean anywhere. Maybe you've heard the story of Jonah. Jonah is in the, an Old Testament character, and God wants him to preach to the people uh, of Nineveh, and Jonah has no interest in doing this, and so he runs exactly the opposite way. He gets on a ship and he sails as far as he can in the opposite direction from Nineveh. 
And while they're on the sea, a storm comes up, a hurricane-like storm. And all the sailors on board know that somebody on board is responsible for this storm that they're going through. Someone has surely done some terrible thing, and this is the punishment. So they start pointing fingers at each other, and they decide to roll dice to figure out who brought the evil storm upon them. And when they roll the dice, the lot falls on Jonah. He's just a passenger on the ship. And when he sees the dice and that he was cast, the lots went to him, he admits, it's me. I have rebelled against God. I have gone exactly the opposite way that he wanted me to go, and I'm the reason for the storm. And he says this, your only way out of the storm is to throw me into the storm. Now, they don't want to do that. They, they try to exhaust all of their other options, but finally, they, they we got to throw Jonah overboard. And so they threw him overboard. The storm stops, and guess what? They start worshiping Jonah's God, Yahweh. And then this, here's what the text says, verse 17, chapter 1, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Next verse, very next verse, then Jonah, what's the word? Prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying this, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice. The amazing thing here isn't just that Jonah gets swallowed by a fish, but that from its belly, from what Jonah calls Sheol, he begins to pray, and God hears him even from there. And when you know Jonah's story, we can say with truthfulness that we can pray anywhere. That is an absolute truth. And we can go through Scripture and find example after example of this kind of truth. Daniel, where did he pray? He prayed in the lion's den. Elijah prayed in the desert. Elisha prayed surrounded by an army. Peter prayed on a roof. Paul prayed in a prison cell, and he prayed on a beach. John prayed as he was exiled on an island. Jesus prayed in a desolate place that he chose. Jesus prayed in a garden. Jesus prayed on a cross. And so we can pray anywhere. One of the best lessons that I've ever learned is that prayer can be done anywhere. And I'm not just talking about prayer uh, by yourself, like saying a prayer in your head. I'm talking about actually physically out loud praying with other people. And that also can be done anywhere. I want to challenge you in that. Over the years, I have learned to pray with people wherever I am. I've prayed with people at the doors of a gas station. I've prayed with people in a hospital room. I've prayed with people in a kitchen. I've prayed with people in a car. I've prayed with people online through a text. I've prayed with people over the phone. I've prayed with people in a school hallway. I've prayed with people in their office. I've prayed even in the clubhouse of the golf course with somebody. Prayer can be done anywhere. Hudson Taylor said this, that Satan may put a fence around us to restrict our movement, 
but He cannot put a roof above our head and prevent us from looking above. Prayer, prayer transcends the barriers of our physical environment. So, we can pray anytime, and we can pray anywhere, and let's put that last line of the VBS idea with it. We can pray about anything. We are not limited to a set subject when we go to God in prayer. If you really want to learn how to pray, flip to the middle of your Bible, and you'll probably open to one of the Psalms. And the Psalms Almost every psalm is a prayer. You could use the psalms just word for word as your own prayers and really learn how to pray. And as you go through the psalms, what you will find is that every human subject is seen in the psalms. Everything we go through, there's hurt, there's pain, there's joy, there's worry, there's vengeance, there's trust, there's need, there's thankfulness, there's happiness, there's sadness, there's psalmists praising God, and there are psalmists questioning God and doubting God and throwing a fist at God. And the psalms show us that we really can talk to God about anything under the sun, whatever is going on in your life. It does not matter. Maybe it's something you don't want to tell anybody else. Maybe you don't even want to tell God about this thing, but God will take time to hear it. C.S. Lewis advises us as we pray uh, to give not what we should have inside of us, but to give what we have in us as it is, no matter what. The psalmist in Chapter 18 says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From His temple, He heard my voice, and my cry to Him reached His ears. First Peter says this, cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Whatever's going on in your life, anything that you have on your head that's weighing down your heart, you can talk to God about that thing. So look at how we can talk to God anytime, anywhere, about anything. Sometimes, uh, how many of you need a cup of coffee to get through the day? Mm -hmm. See a lot of hands, and uh, some of you probably are ashamed to admit it. That's okay. You need, because you need three or four, right? <laughs> uh, sometimes, you don't just need a cup of coffee to get through the day. Sometimes you need a little more, and sometimes the people providing the coffee can give that better help. And that's what happened in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, a woman came the, through the drive-through at the Dutch Brothers Coffee um, stand, and she suddenly became very emotional. And the baristas that were working at the Dutch Brothers Coffee place uh, noticed how emotional she was, and she they, they engaged her, they found out that her husband had just died the night before. That's horrible, right? And here she was, trying to just do life normally, trying to go through the drive through and get a cup of coffee, and she is overcome having issues emotionally, and that's totally understandable. And so what these baristas did is they crowded around, they crowded and they, they poked through the drive through window and they began to pray with this woman. And this picture landed on Facebook. It, it went viral. These are the baristas praying for this woman. And after they prayed, the woman 
They said, she just shook all of our hands and she wiped her face and she said, thank you. And that picture is a, is a perfect picture of how we can talk to God anytime, anywhere, about anything. Now, my resolve as I talk about prayer, every time that I come and I talk about prayer and how we should be praying and pray more, I, I don't want to just leave it there. I always want to help us with how to pray. And so, to finish today, I just want to give us a simple way for us to pray this week that can be done anytime, anywhere, and address anything. If you go back to our Pray First series, um, most of that series was just patterns of prayer that are available to us as Christians. We talked about how to pray Scripture. We talked about how to pray the Sermon on the Mount, uh, how to pray the Beatitudes. We, we talked about how to pray um, the, uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer. We talked about how to pray... Um, the uh, Psalm 23, the shepherd's prayer, all of those are patterns of prayer. And today, I just want to give you another way to pray, and it's called the arrow prayer. And it's very simple. An arrow prayer is just a short, simple prayer to God, asking for God's help appropriately and in a timely manner. And so, just like you would uh, get a bow and and pull, pull back on that bow and shoot an arrow, right, to a target, uh, an arrow is, is short and it's targeted, and that's how this prayer is to be. It's going to be right to the point. Nehemiah's prayer, when he was in front of the king, in his head was an arrow prayer. God, would you move the heart of the king so that I can rebuild the walls? And then he answered the king. It was an arrow prayer. There are all kinds of examples of this kind of prayer. What if when I wake up in the morning, an arrow prayer could be this? Lord, this is your day. Thank you. I want to give this day to you. Or maybe before you eat a meal, God, you are great and the provider of, of even spices, and we pray that they were used in this meal, okay? Uh, or I love this prayer before, um, before a meal, and my family uses this prayer, blessed be Jehovah who brings forth bread from the earth. That's it. And uh, actually, that was a first century prayer. That's a prayer Jesus himself might have prayed. Jehovah, blessed be who brings forth bread from the earth. Uh, maybe before the appointment, hey, uh, Bob's here to see you. Okay, just a sec. God, help me serve my client just like Jesus has served me. Oh, and by the way, if I could get some dollars out of this, that'd be great too because I need to eat. Just a little short arrow prayers. Maybe before the call or the hard conversation, it's God, help me season this conversation with love and with grace so that the person on the other end of this conversation will sense your love for them. Maybe it's before the class starts. God, help me learn. Help me to turn my knowledge into wisdom so that I can live rightly. Maybe it's before you sit down to write. Lord, please give me ideas and wisdom to write well. Maybe it's before the job interview. Lord, please watch over my lips during the interview so that stupidity does not fall out of them, right? Maybe it's dropping off the kids at school. Lord, would you shape my kids into people that love and serve and not into demons today. Before the game starts, God, through this game, would you give me what I need today to make me more like you? 
before that email, before that tweet, before that post. God, let my words build up, not tear down. Before that purchase, before you hand over that credit card, God, help, help me not to put too much trust in this thing that I'm buying because it can never make the difference in my life that you have made in my life. Before you turn the key of the car for the trip, God, wherever I go today, help me to love well, maybe before bed. Thank you, God for being a God who gives me rest. Or maybe this, thank you for being with me today. Would you cover me with the precious blood of Jesus as I sleep? Or maybe this, thank you, God, for helping me not kill somebody today. You really do prevent homicide one prayer at a time, right? Jesus had his own prayer, his own arrow prayer. And he said it on the cross. Actually, he said a few of them. Here's one. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Anytime, anywhere, anything. And we can shoot as many arrow prayers as there are appropriate moments to do so. One preacher tells a story about a woman who showed up at church every, every week. And she just prayed the same simple prayer. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. And she prayed week after week, and she, she prayed this prayer so much that people around her would start giggling and laughing every time they, she opened her mouth because they knew that it would be the same prayer. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. And finally, somebody got the nerve to ask her, why do you pray this same little prayer? She said, well, I'm just combining the two prayers that I know. Because we live in a bad neighborhood, and some nights... There are literally bullets flying, and I have to grab my daughter, and we have to dive on the floor. And in that desperate state, all I know how to pray is, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. But when I wake up the next morning and I see that we're okay, I pray, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When I take my little girl in the morning to the bus stop, and she gets on the bus, and I don't know what's going to happen to her while she's away during the day, I cry, oh, Lord. And then at 3 p.m. when she gets off that bus and I see that she's safe, I say, thank you, Jesus. She said, those are the only two prayers I know. And so when I get to church, I, God has been so good to me that all I do is I just put those two prayers together. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I think she has the arrow prayer figured out. Here's the most famous arrow prayer that I can give you today. And this is what I want you to practice on this week. Um, aside from all of those other moments that you could come up with a prayer by yourself, but this is called the Jesus prayer. It's a type of arrow prayer, and the origin of the Jesus prayer is the Eastern Orthodox Christian tradition. And it's also called the five-word prayer. Here it is. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Some of you mathematicians out there are saying, that's not five words, <laughs> that's, that's 12 words. You're right, but it's five words in Greek. And so it's called the five-word prayer. And it's tied to our breathing in the tradition that it comes from. And so as people breathe in, they say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. And as they breathe out, they say, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Have mercy on me, a sinner. And like all the other arrow prayers, that can be said anywhere. In your car, 
while you're walking your dog, while you're at your desk. It doesn't matter. Maybe you're by yourself, you can say that prayer. Maybe you're surrounded by people, you can say that prayer, wherever is necessary. And the Jesus prayer makes us realize yet again of the gospel and be reminded of the gospel yet again. We absolutely are sinners, right? And we absolutely need God's mercy and compassion. That's the gospel. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And because it's the gospel, I want to add one line to that famous Jesus prayer. Let's tack on another line, and it goes this way. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the new line, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have favor on me, a son. And I, some of you, you might want to say daughter there or child. Uh, I would encourage you to leave it son. And if you want to ask me why, I'll be glad to, uh, to tell you about that. That's literally another sermon, okay? But do you see what those lines give us? They give us the fullness of the gospel. The gospel is that I am a sinner and I do need mercy. I cannot overcome sin by myself. I need Jesus. I need the Son of God who has given His life to conquer sin. I need His salvation. I need His mercy. That's the first line. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. But the gospel is also this. That after I have accepted Jesus' work on my behalf by making Him Lord and Savior of my life, then I am seen by God not as a sinner, but as a son. God bestows His favor on me, His favor on me, His grace, as if I'm His child. Jesus makes me a part of God's family, and I'm an heir, just as if I was a son. And that's the second line. And so would you pray that prayer with me? Let's pray it a few times. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have favor on me, a son. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have favor on me, a son. One more time. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have favor on me, a son. Look at how we can talk to God anytime, anywhere, about anything.